church. You know, God has given doctors um, wisdom and the ability to, to do things, but we also know that, that God is greater. Amen. He's, he's the great, the great I am. He's the great physician. He's the great healer. And he can keep you from a lot of sickness too. Amen. 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 So, so praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Um, thank you, everybody. Media. It was, it was quite the uh, interesting little um, morning. How many know like a lot of mornings like the rest of you that they don't always go as planned? But uh, I got to say, I got to brag on the church and the people in the media department and um, especially Daniel Amy wasn't here. So Daniel wasn't in the regular spot and um, we've got different people filling in. And, and when you show up to church and there's no internet and in a day and age where like internet runs a bunch of different things, a new thing we were wanting to do out in the nursery to be able to stream the, the service out in the nursery. So we have a nursery attendant. Also, moms, if you wanted to go into the nursery with your kids, you won't be missing out or dads on the service. The service is going on in there. So there's no excuse not to come to church. Amen. Amen. Um, so, but when, when all that stuff is not working, it's, it's called when you get squeezed. Amen. And I can tell you, it's pretty awesome when you get squeezed and you see a bunch of people get squeezed, that it's a sweet smell. When we're supposed to have the fruit of the spirit and then we get squeezed to see what's coming out and it's a sweet juice. Amen. It's supposed to be orange juice and you, and you can take a drink and you go, yep, that's orange juice. That's, that's nice. Not lemon. Amen. So that was a beautiful thing. Um, you know, the, the bottom line is that happened and we just were like, well, nothing's really going to change a whole heck of a lot here. We're still going to preach. We're still going to worship the Lord. So those who didn't come to church might have missed out. And there may be, come a time where we don't have internet. We might not have the ability to do what we're doing, um, but our purpose isn't going to change. Amen. Amen. What we're going to do, like we've had church when the power's not working. There's no power. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to have church anyways. We're going to come worship God and put some spotlights up and play acoustic and, and have a time. What we're going to do when they say you can't be in the church? Well, we'll go outside in the parking lot and have church. We'll come in the church when they say you can't do it, apparently. Um, <laughs> we're not supposed to be singing right now, but praise God. We're, we're not going to let the rocks cry out. Amen. We're going to worship God because he's worthy. Amen. That's why, because he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised, church. He's worthy. And we're just grateful. I'm, I'm thankful that um, we have such a great team that when stuff can go awry, that it's like, okay, we're, we're still going to, no, no big deal. We'll keep going. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you do. Or your phone. You can silence your phone and use your Bible app. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm not a guy that's against that. I understand. Um, I use a Bible app also, but I, I just like, I'm old school. I like having, if you come in my office on a Monday or Tuesday, I will shoot anymore even through Wednesday or Thursday. There's about six different Bibles and books and commentaries and Strong's concordances. And even though I have the ability to do that on the computer, I like to be in that and, and mark it up and turn to a page. And um, so I know I'm still old school. I'm, I'm like right in the mix of, I'm confused, really. I'm 45. I had both, you know, they started, I'm just like, I don't, uh, I don't know what to do. It's, it's so hard. Um, it is cool though, to have the technology too. So I'm not against it. If you have your Bibles, Revelation chapter three, um, verse seven, I think we'll just read, well, we might as well read the whole thing. He says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? So before we get in that, let me give you this. How many would, would look at these letters to um, the churches and realize, I want you to, to, you might know this and you probably do, but I want you to think about this a little differently. How many think about the epistles that Paul wrote to the churches and you think, well, that's pretty important because that's writing to the church and that's to us, right? I want you to think, like as we be going through these letters, these are the epistles that Jesus wrote to the churches, does that sound a little different? Like, you're blessed. No, I mean, this, this book is so ridiculously amazing, the book of Revelation. But these letters, these messages to the churches are Jesus's penned letter to the church. The church's epistles, you could say it that way. So that's why we've been digging into these. That's why we're not just kind of reading through it really fast. And I'm, I'm digging and exploring. The more that I do that, I'm like... I thought literally, I know I'm foolish to think this, I thought we'd get through like three points today and we're going to do one point. That's okay. Because I'm not in a hurry to get through Jesus's epistle to, the, to us. Amen. I want to hear what he has to say. I want to chew on that. I, I need to know what he has for us in this time. Amen. How many believe that this is a special time? 
If you don't, if you don't know, like this is one of the most amazing times that's been prophesied from the beginning of the book, from the beginning of time till today, it is. And you'd be paying attention because if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. Amen. All right. So and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut and who shuts and no one opens says this. That was Jesus, by the way. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them to come and bow down at your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing. Really, it says it in the, in the text of keep you from the hour of the testing, that hour, which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have in order that no one take your crown. Thank you, Lord. Bless the reading of your word, Lord. We thank you that your word is blessed. It's anointed. There's nothing I need to add to that. Lord, bless me. I anoint my mouth, my um, this, this body's ears to hear. Lord, I pray that you remove every distraction, every argument against the word, and just open up, Lord, our hearts so that we have tender hearts to be able to receive your word, and that this good seed and good word would land in good soil. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. First thing I want you to know is, is the, um, the verse 9. Our main text is going to be verse 10. Um, we've been traveling through. If you've missed um, the, the first few, you've missed out. Uh, but the, the key that I, out of this whole letter is verse 10, I believe. Um, but the last things he says before verse 10, which we didn't get to really go over last week, is that he says, I have loved you. I want, you need to know, I have loved you. Another translation say, says, you are the ones I love. How many like hearing that? That just makes you feel good. Like you come home and your, your spouse or your the loved one says, you're the one I love. And they are going to tell you something. Does that, does that mean something? Yeah. It, it, it puts things in kind of a context to know that, hey, I'm loved. I'm the one that he loves. Barbara, you're the one that he loves. Yes. Yes. Hey, Jesse, you're the one that he loves. Steve. You're the one I love. You hear the Savior saying that? The God of creation, the God of heaven's armies, the, the one that when, he's getting, when John is getting this um, vision that he sees before him, the great high priest, the one that is going to have flaming eyes, white hair, coming back on a horse, the God of heaven's armies, saying, you're the one I love. Man. So that, that's real important. He goes on and basically in verse 10 says, because you've kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you. The title of this message is, you keep me and I'll keep you. The one who loves you is saying, you keep me, and I'll keep you. You need to know that. He, he can keep you and he will keep you. Amen. One thing I want you to see, and we're going to get into this a little deeper um, by the end of the message, is that the verbiage and the words that he's saying is because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing. That word in the Greek is a two letter word. It's ek, E-K. And it's a, I got so excited over this two little letter word when I was studying it and looking into it. It's not, we just read from, and there's a lot of people will believe that in this, this part of scripture, that God is saying that, that he's going to keep the church like through tribulation. He'll keep us through it. That's just not what the word says. And in like a lot of places, and including this, if you get the word, the Greek word, ek, uh, oh, I can't do that yet. We'll get there. It means out of. It means out of. And I'll show you um, in the tenses here in a little bit. But it goes, it goes on, and, and people will, will misinterpret what Jesus is saying to the church and say, well, if he's going to keep us from that tribulation or from that trial, then what's going on? Why, why, how come we're having problems? How come there's tribulation? How come there's testing now? That doesn't mean that we're not going to endure those things. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have trials come in our life. It doesn't mean there's not going to be struggles. It doesn't mean there's not going to be opposition. 
Because when Jesus was on this earth, did he, was he tested? Was he tried? Was there persecution placed on him? Yes. Did he not tell the church that they hated me, they'll hate you. They persecuted me, they'll persecute you. So that doesn't mean we're, we're on, and the American church especially thinks we're like, we got the green pass, like we are straight. And for the most part, we've been free from real, real tribulation, from real um, persecution from the rest of the church has. But the big difference is that we won't have the, the persecution and the wrath of God poured out on us. That's the difference is where is the source? Is there trials? Is there uh, persecution going on in the earth right now to the church? Yes. Where does it come from? Man and Satan. He's the, he's the author behind it. It's men persecuting, just like in Jesus' day, just like the apostles faced. They were all martyred. They were all killed. There was persecution happening. Why? Because they held his name. They kept his name. They identified with the Savior, and they hated Jesus, so they will hate us. Amen? There's a big difference between that and God's wrath, the great tribulation. Amen? So we just need to clarify, like, that doesn't mean we're not going to face some stuff. And I don't think we're foolish enough to see that in this day and age, in the, in the culture that we're in in America, that that day's not probably coming quickly. Newsflash. I don't know if you've seen what's going on, but in a day and age that it's wrong for my son to call me his father. Oh, that I, I'm going to tell you, like, there's some jacked up stuff going on in this world. There's some people that are seriously confused and deranged when it is wrong for my son to say that I'm his father and it's wrong for me to be proud to be a man. We should all be very proud of who God created us to be because we've all been created in his image, man and woman. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what your gender is. We are created in God's image and we should be proud of that. You should be a lot louder than that. These are some basic, simple things. Those things today are being fought against and being told, like, if you simply say, like, hey, dad, that's wrong. You don't know what they identify. You can't, you can't put those things on people. Seriously, you guys, like, I put a post up on my Facebook the other day with a number to call your senators. It's a beautiful thing. There's a bill trying to be passed. Yes, I'm going to tell you about it. That would try to stop me as a pastor from being able to say, I can't hire you if you don't, if you're homosexual. You're saying, I went to Bible school, I'm homosexual, and and I want this job. I could get sued if I said no. That's, That's what is going on with our new president. I'm not making this stuff up. These are these are things that he's pushing. That if we have a youth camp and there's a boy who decides at the youth camp, I really don't identify as a boy anymore. I identify as a girl. I want to stay with the girls in their tent. If we were to say, I'm sorry, Johnny, you can't do that because you're a boy, we could be sued. You're about to face some things. And if you think I'm not going to, like, if you think I'm going to be like, oh, okay, You've bumped your head. And then someone's going to have to fill my spot. Like, we, we cannot allow and, and keep agreeing with the stuff that's going on. You've got to, like, make your voice heard. Go tell the people who are making these decisions, hey, if you want to be in office again, you better, you better, not, you better not agree with that because we're not for that. You need to, like, they should be so tired of getting phone calls. Hello? Okay. I'm just saying, this is the day we're in. It's, do you see it happening quickly? It's exactly what John's prophesying in the book of Revelation. He, he uses this word called tachio. It's quickly. It means like things are going to accelerate really fast. All throughout, when you read Revelation from start to finish, it's picking up pace. Picking up pace, picking up pace, picking up pace. It's picking up pace. Now, I'm not discouraged by that. I've read the book. I know who my God is. I'm excited. These are the most amazing times to live and to be a Christian. Amen? But if you're not or you don't think you're in a time that you are, you're confused. 
And I'm not going to be like, I'm not confused. I know who I am. Like, I know who my dad is. I know who my king is. I know who he's created me to be. I'm not confused by that. If you're confused, I'm sorry, but I'm not. If you don't know who you are, I apologize, but I know who I am. Amen? I'm grateful that God created me how he did. I'm grateful God created you the way he created you. Amen. It doesn't mean we're not going to face some things. This Philadelphia church who he says, you're the ones I love. He never gave a reprimand to the body, to the church of Philadelphia. Other churches he did, but this one he doesn't. You know what that tells me? And he says, he says, because you've kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing. So what does that mean? That's something we need to dig around. What's it mean to keep the word of his, his testing? To, I mean, to keep the word of his patience or to keep the word of his perseverance? Well, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Right. See, Jesus has lived this life and he has went through this. So he has basically been the pace setter for our walk. Come on. He's already walked this walk out and he did it perfectly. And he's saying, church, I need you to get in step with me. I need you to be patient, but I also need you to be in step. Like they kept the word of his patience and his perseverance. There's going to be some obstacles. There's going to be some stuff coming into your life and you're going to be tempted to kind of drag back or you'd be tempted to get way out ahead of him. You need to be in step with him and it's going to be a little different than it's been. Things aren't staying the same. That word tachyo, things are advancing and they're going to keep advancing. If we want to hold back and hold on to old stuff and hold on to the old past and, and go, well, this is the pace I was used to. Well, guess what? You're going to be way the heck behind because he's advancing. The Holy Spirit's moving. His clock is winding up and he's going, come on, come on, come on, come on. Stay in step, stay in step. They kept the word of his perseverance. That means they kept in pace with the pace setter. Come on. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He started it and he's going to end it. They looked at Jesus as the perfecter. We don't like that word. God says that he's perfect and we should be like him. Be ye perfect as I am perfect. He's not talking about that you are perfect in our sense. He's saying that you be complete, mature. Be ye mature. Be, be in step with me. You need to be where you should be in this walk. Come on. There, she said it. He's the one. He's the one that brings his church into maturity. He knows right where we're at. He knows right what we need. And he's setting a pace. How many of you, can you have confidence if, if someone was saying, hey, we're going to go to war. And you need to stick with me. I've been here before. I know where the enemy's at. I know all the different strategies, but we're going to have to set a pace. Like from when we get from here to here, you're going to have to stay with me. And you know, like they've, they've already, they've completed that mission successfully. It's probably a good idea to stick in their back pocket, right? I ain't the sharpest tool, but I know if you've been here before and you have accomplished it perfectly and you know all of the booby traps and all the different things, I'm going to be in your back pocket. I'm going to be so close to you. You're going to be like, get off me, rock. You're sinking me. Like, you don't have to sleep that close. Oh, yes, I do. If you're moving, I'm moving. He's like, dude, I'm going to the bathroom. So am I. You would too, if you're smart. Would you lead? Would you follow someone? I told the first service, like, if you had to leave the East Coast to come to the West Coast way back in the day, wouldn't you want like Lewis and Clark? Or like Daniel Boone, like Davy Crockett, like one of the baddest mountain men, like Jeremiah Johnson, like the dude that ate livers. I'll take him. Like you've been there before, like that's a bad cat. Or you line up and you're on the Oregon Trail and they're like, so we got this guy. And you're like, ding, 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 ding. Like, dude, have you ever been on a journey? Nope. Actually, I've been a few, but we've never made it successfully. Like... Everyone always gets wiped out by the Indians. We've got, last time we got taken out by the river. Like, come on, let's go. No, I don't think so. 
You guys, the author and the finisher of our faith has gone before us, and he is leading us, and he's wanting us to stay in step with him, and it might get a little uncomfortable. It might look a little different than the pace you've been keeping, but guess what? This whole world is, is quickly, and the book of Revelation says over and over and over, quickly, 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 tachyo. It's like a, it's a, it's a tachometer. It's where we get that word tachometer. Wank. Do you notice the red limits going, Neek. we're gaining. You better stay in step with them. This church was. He didn't take into account. And Jesus wasn't afraid of the shame of the cross or the fact that it was not his sin on that journey. He didn't take none of that into account. I think we should be able to stand with him. I'm with him. Because he's saying, like, pick a side. Are you with me? Because we're leaving. And here's what, you guys all need to hear me on this. I, I see this, this whole thing, wrap up. it's like a cruise ship, or not a cruise ship, but a battleship or a boat that is at a dock. And there's warning going out. There's messages going out. You, you better get on the boat because the boat's about to leave its dock and it's not coming back. And we, like kids, can be like, I got time. You know, I'm going to go fix my hair and I'm going to go change. I don't like what I got on. Or you get so caught up on all these different things, you get your eyes off the fact that, look, that boat's going to leave its dock. I don't know exactly the time. I don't know when it is, but I better keep my eye on it. I better get my stuff together and I better get ready because that boat's going to leave. Here's what none, none of us have the ability when it starts pulling away to go, oh, wait a minute. I didn't realize that it was time to go. Like, come back. It's left. Is that real enough? You better stay in step. Hebrews 12, 1 and 3. I love the word of God, and I so love it after I really study Revelation because so much more of the things that I've already read and passages I've chewed on and thought I saw, like I see them so different. This may be one for you. Hebrews 12, 1 and 3. Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let's run with endurance the race that is set before you. The race that's set before you, looking only at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of the faith. He's the originator of the faith. He's the one that brings it to completion. He's the one that brings it to maturity. Keep your eyes focused only on him, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Stay in step with him. He's already had the persecution come against him. He's had the opposition. He's had the cross. He's leading us. Stay in step with him. You guys, when you, you've heard me read, talk about a handful of times and since I've been here about running, and it's it was so prophetic years ago, like the picture and how I would run, like when I was in shape, when I played football and stuff, we'd have to run the mile in school. And, and I've told you this before, but it's such a beautiful picture of what we're supposed to do today is I'd start a pace and I'd keep that pace. Not too fast, not too slow. And then about the last half of the last lap, I'd start sprinting as hard as I could. Sometimes before that, and I'd feel like blood almost, you taste that in your lungs. I'd just run it all out. And that's how I'd get a good mile in time. Not because like I was smart or figured out like a really, I just would get to that point and be like, okay, I'm just going to run until I drop. That's what we should be doing. Right now, we, we see the finish line in store and it's blowing my mind that so many of us are like, I think I'm going to go over here and see what's in the shop and the finish line's like right there. No, 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 don't, don't stop. Don't go. No, no, keep going. Actually, pick up your pace. Well, you know, I got this other thing going, and it's really important. And 
He, he, dude, he's picking up pace. He's moving. He ain't sitting still. The Holy Spirit out of the Trinity, this is, this is my take. I see him as the hyper one. Just, I just do. Like From the beginning of Genesis, it says the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. I just see he's just moving. He's like, there's nothing really going on there. But he's moving. He's just, if you're sitting still, you're done missing it. If you're sitting still in this day and time, and as it's advancing, you're going to get left. You better stay in step. He's moving. Stay in step, that perseverance. You got that perseverance in mind, like, all right, you're setting the pace. Like, I can't set the pace. If you think you're following me, your screws are loose. I'm following him. And if he slows down, I'm going to slow down. If he speeds up, I'm going to speed up. If he gets off the freeway and stops at A.M. P.M., I'm stopping at A.M. P.M., even if I don't need a hot dog. We're following him. This church must have laid aside every weight. They must have. He said, you've kept my perseverance. you kept the word of my perseverance. They must have, as, as things were going on, things were trying to trip them up, things were trying to drag them down, they must have been like, nope, get rid of that. I can see the finish line coming. Nope, that thing's heavy. I don't need that. You know how many things you don't need as you see you're getting closer to the end? You're like, oh, you see people at the end of life, what do they start doing? Take this, take this, take this, take this. You can have that. All these things that were so important. I don't need this anymore. Why? They see the end of the race. Church. I don't know how many other ways to say it. Cut loose of the stuff that's hindering you. Let go of the stuff that's weighty. You want to run a race with a 150-pound bag on? I mean, you can, but it's stupid. Just saying. Like, I'm going to run a 10-mile race. Do you want to take the backpack off full of weights? Nope. I like it. You can't tell me to take it off. You're right. Run it. Run with it, dummy. I don't know where you're gonna be, if you're gonna be able to keep pace with all that. And don't be mad if I'm like, dude, the backpack's probably not a good idea. Just saying. Like, you could be free without that. Well, a pastor, that's very judgmental. You know, you could say that a lot nicer. All I know is there's a finish line and that boat's going to leave. And if we're not in step with him and we're not on the boat, I'm never going to see you like that again. So if it means I got to give you a swift kick once in a while to be like, hey, he's over there. A shepherd will do that. A good shepherd will run after that sheep and be like, hey, get over there. I don't have time to tell you how much nicer it would be. You know, it would be so much, everybody would feel more comfortable if you were with us. You know, it's just, people are starting to wonder about like, what's wrong? How come Joe's over there? And like, what's the problem? And just, Joe, get over there. You know better. You know you're supposed to be following Jesus. Is there a different plan that I don't know about? Okay. They must have laid aside all those weights and hindrances and restrictions that would have kept them from running in step with Jesus. They had to have. He wants you free. He wants you free. He says, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. He's got like jogging shorts. Here you go. Here's some jogging shorts. That's all you need. Why don't you run in those? Better than that, like all the gear and backpack and weights and your, your shoelaces tied together. But I like my shoelaces tied together. Oh, my Lord. It doesn't work out too well. The Bible tells us not to tie your shoelaces together if you want to run. But it looks cool. Okay, knucklehead, how's that working out? Come on, you guys. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the pace setter. 
He says, I'll keep you from, from the hour of the testing. That word ek, let's look at that, ek. It's a primary preposition, ek. It's a primary preposition denoting origin, the point whence motion or action proceeds from out of place, from out of time, or from cause. Out of, not keep you through. I will keep you out of that time of trial. You should be super excited. Like, that's for the church. That's for the one who are keeping in step with Jesus. Like, you keep me, I keep you. Amen? If you think I just made this stuff up, we're going to explore that a little bit. The hour of testing that will come upon those who dwell upon the earth, those who identify with the world. When you see in the book of Revelation the term earth dwellers, those who dwell on the earth, earth dwellers, pay attention. That's not you if you're in step with Jesus. Later on in scripture, you're going to see the earth dwellers, the two witnesses that are witnessing to the world, to those that were left, the earth dwellers celebrate when the, when the two witnesses get martyred and get killed and they're left in the street, they, they have a party and begin to celebrate. Send each other gifts. These aren't righteous people. He's going to keep you from the hour of testing hour, which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who what? Dwell upon the earth. We're going to get there. Let's look at what Paul taught the Thessalonians. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians. And you're going to say, why are we going there? Because I really need you to see this. And we're going to read the whole thing, the whole chapter two. But before we do, I want, to, I want to make sure that you're understanding why and what Paul taught. See, Paul did things. Paul would, Paul would not be welcomed too good in this church, not maybe in this church, but in the church today and Jesus for that matter, because they just did things differently than what the way we teach. See, we teach that we shouldn't give babies the book of Revelation because that's meat. You don't want to teach them. You don't want to teach babies about Revelation because that's meat. Oops, Paul sure messed up. He took this baby Thessalonican church, these two letters, and he had a letter previous that we don't have, but we know it was there because he'd said in my previous letter, right? <laughs> he says that. He, you know what he, st- he fulfills like the whole two books full of? Eschatology, the study of the end days. So he's telling these baby Christians, he thinks it's actually a good idea. Maybe we should tell these baby Christians what their future is going to be like so they don't get freaked out. Maybe we should teach them that there's a blessed hope and his name is Jesus. Maybe we should teach them how they fit. Like there's a church age and then there's an age for Israel. And those two don't intertwine. Like maybe we should make sure they're not confused. Right? So let's not take my word for it. Let's read the second chapter of Thessalonians. He says, now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's he talking about? his return, because Jesus had already died, and are gathering together to him, that you may not be quickly shaken from your, comp- your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as it is from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Paul is saying, this church got freaked out. You know why? Because tribulation started happening, troubles on the earth. They were getting pressure. People were getting martyred. They start thinking, and they got a letter, I believe, a false prophet, I know that doesn't happen very much anymore, false prophets say things that aren't so, and a false prophet, I believe, wrote a letter to them saying, you guys missed it. The rapture's already happened. That's why all this stuff's happening. So this church is believing, we missed the rapture. That's why all this stuff is happening. Watch. He says, don't, I don't want you quickly shaking from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit. He's saying, even if an angel comes, don't believe him. Even if your mama tells you that the rapture already happened, don't believe it. Because the rapture's got to happen, then tribulation. This is what Paul's preaching. He goes on. Don't believe a letter, a message, anything from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you. For it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. He's saying that day, that's not going to come until the apostasy comes first. And that, I'm totally fine with fitting just the falling away. But that word, just for fun, also means that the departure. He says, that will not come unless the departure comes first. But even if you don't, like, there's so much evidence that the church is not going through the rapture. I don't even need that one. You can have just a falling away. 
Because guess what? There's a falling away happening. Yes, there is. Tell me there's not. A lot of the churches, they won't even have church. They're voting for the guy who's saying, like, being a father's wrong. Like, having your own identity as a person, like, that's wrong. It's wrong to, to teach people, like, how God created you is how you're supposed to live. It's wrong. Like, we, don't, we shouldn't support Israel. We shouldn't support the word of God. We shouldn't support our Judeo-Christian values. Like, a lot of the church and a lot of people in the church are still are going for that. So don't tell me there's not a falling away. When I can preach truth and give you scripture and you're mad and people are throwing rocks and saying, well, you're not loving or whatever the heck's going on, there's been a departure. When you can sit there and vote for a person who's for abortion, who's for homosexuality, who's against family, who's against like having a mother and a father, supporting Israel, like that's the oldest in the first covenant there ever was. This country is going to be in trouble. Not for, I mean, they're in trouble for a lot of things. But the day we stop supporting Israel, we are in trouble. That's the old, that's the Abrahamic covenant. When we do that, it's over. This president isn't really a fan of Israel. The last one we had was. You don't have to like it. It's the truth. So are we in a time that there's a falling away? I said all that to say. Yes, we're here. Goes on. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. So there has to be either a departure or a falling away. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. The son of destruction. That's the Antichrist. So before the, the tribulation, the man of lawlessness has to be released. You making sense? Are we following? Daniel chapter 70. The, the one who sits. Guess what? That's going to happen. That's going to happen. The Antichrist is going to sit on the temple. He's going to sit on the throne of God. He's going to sit there and place himself on there to be worshipped like God. That's going to happen at the three and a half year tribulation part. He's going to call peace to come to the earth. He's going to get all the countries to unify and have peace for three and a half years first. But then that's going to happen. And that's when all hell is going to break loose. That is not, you're not going to want to be on this planet. You're not going to want to get left. So in that context, Paul's saying, here's what's going to have to happen first. So in relation to the man of lawlessness, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of, of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. That means any Muslim, any Hare Krishna, any, 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 is all going to have to say, we don't worship that anymore. We worship the Antichrist. says, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. You know why he's going to do that? Because that's Jesus' seat. When Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom, he's going to sit on the mercy seat of God. And he's going to rule from that place. So the Antichrist is going to like, watch this. I'm doing it. You all worship me. It ain't going to go so well. You're going to see the wrath of God like, oh, oh, not so good anymore says, do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he may be revealed. What's restraining him? It says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Does that sound like today? The man of lawlessness. Did we not just see protestings and all these things going on in the United States, taking over cities as their own countries, and, and it's peaceful? It's a peaceful protest. No, it's lawlessness. And I wonder who's behind that. I wonder if it's this person. You think? It's actually what, what the Bible says. He says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only the, he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed from whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That's his word. But in the meantime, who's restraining him? Who's restraining that? The Holy Spirit. It's a he, it's the Holy Spirit, and he is the restrainer. Now, why, why is that different? And there, I'm not saying that when after, after the church has gone after rapture, the Holy Spirit won't be on the earth. Still will be, but it's in a different form. The Holy Spirit was on the earth during the, the, before the church age in a different form. He, he did baptize and anoint prophets, kings, and priests. Did he indwell every single man, woman, child, young, and old? No. You know how special you are? 
Do you know how loved you are? Church, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, by the person of the Holy Spirit, by God himself. The Old Testament, the church, the, the, only the high priest, one person a year would dare go into the presence of the throne room and he better be sinless or he's smoked. And that God lives inside of you. The restrainer of the Antichrist lives in you. And when we're gone and the church age is wrapped up and the peace treaty's met, that restrainer's gone. Do you know what you're restraining? You open doors, I've been trying to tell you. You can lock doors. You can say, no more, Antichrist. Your work is done right here, no further. Because I know who my Jesus is, and I'm binding you in Jesus' name. You're locked, no more. You can't have my family. You can't have this church. You can't have this person. Because the restrainer's here. Now, guess what? When that restrainer goes, you're not going to want to be. You think it's bad now? Oh. Am I telling the truth? And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth. That's like chapter 19, 20, 21, 22, Revelation. He's going to come back. And what's that sword coming out of his mouth? That's his word. He's so bad, you don't even have to punch him. He just smokes him with his word. Says it, smoked. He's a bad cat. That is the one who's coming is in accord with the activity of Satan with all power and signs and false wonders. He's got some power on this, on this earth. When that restrainer's gone, you ain't going to want to be here. He goes on, verse 10 says, And with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, which is what? The gospel. They did not receive the love of the truth. They did not receive the love of Jesus. He's the truth. So as to be saved, they did not receive. So what happens? And it says, and for this reason, God will send upon them, who's them, those who didn't receive the love of the truth, a deluding influence so that they might believe what is false in order that they will all may, so that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. What does that mean? It means if you were thinking, because I used to think this when I was all messed up. Well, I'm going to party, do my thing, and then if I get left, then, you know, it's going to suck, but I'll just give my head. I just won't take the mark, and I'll just be beheaded, and then I'll be with Jesus. Stupid. That's not what this says. It says that God will give you over and get to a deluding influence. If you're not going to serve him and know the truth now and understand everything he's doing, he says, I'll turn you to a deluding spirit. You won't, you're not going to serve him. You know who's going to get saved? Those who didn't know. Those who, when the witnesses start saying, hey, this was the Messiah, you're going, oh, I believe. If you, if you knew and didn't believe, I'm, Pastor Steve ain't making it up. This is what the Bible says. He goes on and it says, verse 13, but we, who's we? Believers. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for what? Salvation through sanctification by the spirit and faith in what? The truth. And it was for this he called you through our gospel, that's the good news, that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or mouth or by the letter from us. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. This whole message in Revelation and, and uh, the apocalyptic writing is to encourage the church and build up the church and to have a hope and it's our blessed hope. Now if we're going through tribulation and we're going to get the worst wrath that God's ever poured out on the earth, I am not encouraged. And I'm not encouraging you. It's going to be awesome. No, from what I read, you are not going to want to be here. And God's not a schizophrenic God. He's not like, I love you. <clears throat> Stop. Like, you don't love me. 
I'm not the sharpest tool, but that ain't love. He's going to deal. He's coming in some wrath, and he's coming in those who have denied his church, denied the truth, who's persecuted his truth, who has persecuted him, who has blasphemed the Holy Spirit, who has said God's a liar, who's blaming God for all the things that the Antichrist is doing, the, the, the evil things, those that are hurting kids and raping people, and all of that wrath is going to get poured out on who? The ungodly. Let's look at Jude. This is so awesome. Enoch, you guys heard of Enoch? He got, he got raptured. The first rapture in the Bible, Enoch. He's walking with God. God's like, you're a righteous man, Enoch. I love talking to you. I don't know if this is how it happened, but I believe they're in some awesome conversation and Jesus is just like, why don't you just come up with me and we'll finish this. I'm tired. I don't want to leave you anymore. Just come on up. He's raptured. Enoch has a prophecy of God's wrath being poured out on the ungodly before the flood. Watch. And it's in the New Testament. Jude, verse 14 through 16. It was also about these people that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord has come with many thousands of his holy ones to execute what? Upon what? And to convict all what? The ungodly of all their what? Which they have done in what? And all of the harsh things that which sinners have spoken against him. Now, I ain't the sharpest tool, but I just heard ungodly like four or five times. Who's it for? Prophesied before the first time God poured his wrath out on who? The ungodly. Not the righteous. The righteous, he said, I want to build a boat for you. Hey, Noah, tell all of them, I've had it. I'm going to pour out my wrath on the earth. There's a way out. It's called the boat. If you don't get on it, you're going to hear, Do you think God's trying to tell us something? Do you think, like, evolutionists and things, like, don't know that the ark and the flood of the earth is a big deal? It's the clue to he's going to do it again. So if we can be like, there was never a flood, but even though all science shows there was a huge flood over this earth, the sediment levels are all mixed up, and we see the world. The only way that can happen, there had to be a huge flood. Now, why was there a flood? That's a great question. Most people would wonder that. Because you done screwed up, people. And that's a whole other study that goes really, really awesome and deep. Jude, the book of Jude, he's telling about Enoch prophesying this. It says, these are grumblers finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Sounds like some people in pulpits. Revelation 3.10, that same verse in the New Living Translation says it like this. I've loved you, so I, all, I love you. Because you've obeyed my commandments to persevere, I will protect you from that great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Who belong to this world. To test those who are earth dwellers. Now we need to dig around that earth dweller part. Because when you see earth dwellers, when we go through Revelation... Pay attention. Who are the earth dwellers? Does that just mean people that live on the earth? Nope. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I became a whole new creation. Like, my whole purpose and everything changed. How about you? Like, no longer was like the United States, and I love the United States and where I live. No longer is that like, I don't worship that. I worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the commander in chief. Amen? He's the commander of chief. I learned I'm just like an alien that's passing through. I'm an alien. I'm like, I don't, I'm an illegal alien really on this planet because I don't even, I shouldn't have rights. I don't have a right to be, to get mad. I don't have a right to be offended. I don't have a right. You know why? Because this isn't my home. I'm a whole new creation. I have a whole different outlook. I've been wrecked for this world. Like all those other Christians all throughout the years, they got wrecked. They weren't like holding on to this life. They're like, I could care less about this life. Like, Throw me in the lion's den then. All right, I guess I'm going in the fire. This life don't mean a whole lot to me anymore because my eyes and my hope is in a whole different eternity. It's a whole different world. 
It's not about holding on to this world. I'm not an earth dweller. Come on. I don't belong to this world. I don't belong to this world system. I don't belong to this one world system. Oops. I'm not going to take the mark of this one world system. I'm not going to get in line to the one world system. This ain't my home. I don't care. I don't agree with what you're doing. No. I have a commander in chief who's bigger than you. Like, I understand ranking. I understand authority. If a subservient tells me I got to do something, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords says, I don't want you to do that, or I want you to do this, it doesn't matter what the person underneath him says. Doesn't that, is that how it works at your job? If you have a supervisor that comes and says, now at eight o'clock, I want you to do this, but your boss calls you and says, hey, check it out, at eight o'clock, I want you to be over in a whole different department. When that guy comes and says, hey, I thought I told you, you just go, well, Joe Brown, who owns the company, told me that I need to be there, and that settles it. You need to talk to Joe. Amen? So whatever's going on here, tell me what I got to do here. For the most part, if it doesn't, if it doesn't violate this or what my daddy has told me, I'm going to do it. And I need to do it. I need to have a good attitude about it. But when it violates what this word says and what my daddy said and what he instituted, if he says a man's a man, a woman's a woman, if he says it's, it's wrong to murder, if he says you need to stand, stand aside Israel, they're, they're my country, this is my people, I will bless you when you bless them, then he's right. Come on, then he's right. And I don't have to listen to that. And it may cost me. It doesn't matter what it's going to cost you. You're not going to stand before him and go, but dad, um, Jim Bob, who I know, I know like he's not really the boss and you are, but he told me. How does that work in the real world? No, it's what did the boss say? Like if my kids, I was, I was talking about you guys a little bit, okay? If, if I told Ethan to go take the garbage out and I go and leave and Jesse comes along and says, hey, Ethan, that's stupid. Like, he can take it out. And then I come home, and Ethan's like, but dad, Jesse said I didn't have to. Who's Jesse? (laughs) Jesse can't whoop you? This isn't that complicated, you guys. Earth dwellers. Hey, can I get that pretty good music that makes people feel good? I needed that like 20 minutes ago. It also reminds me it's time to go. Because you've obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? You can say it, because I'm going to tell you what, lip service ain't going to cut it on that day. You're going to have to be in step with him. When that destination point is time to go, if you're not with him at that point, you're not in step with him. You haven't kept that pace of perseverance. Are you hearing me? And it's going to be real easy there's going to be lots of distractions. There's going to be lots of things happen. There's going to be a lot of things that, that might start tripping us up. And man, I'm getting tired. This happened. I don't understand why that happened. You're going to have people going, that's stupid. It's just take a break for a while. I heard God say this. I'm running with Jesus, but I heard God say, there's going to be all kinds of things to try to get you off. You better stay in step with him. You better cast aside every weight that would so easily entangle you. Guess what, guys? If you think you can't fall out of step, you are deceived. Pride comes before a fall. You better, in in any area you think you're strong in, you better check yourself. As soon as you think, I don't have to worry about that, there's a big old open door for the enemy to come in and start firing darts. I know, like, I know. I'm a man. 
I know I'm not Jesus. I know I better stick really close to him. Because if I get very far from him, I, I know I will screw it up. I've proven it over my life. I will make the biggest, oh, i make a big old mess. It's, it would be an awesome mess. Destruction and messing up all kinds of other people. So much so that I would probably be, have so much shame and guilt on me that I would quit running. And if you think you won't do that or you don't have the ability to do that, you are mistaken. The very fact that you know I better stick close to him, you think, oh, well, that, you're weak. Yeah, okay. But when I'm weak, he's strong. And those areas that I don't put a lot of confidence in and I'm trusting him, that's the strongest areas of my life. Those areas that I've been stabbed in and they're still sore and I kind of protect, that's a good thing. You hearing me? We're going to stand before him, guys. There's going to be a day, and everything that I just read to you is going to happen and is happening. It's the most exciting time to be a Christian. It truly is. Like, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I'm nervous for people who aren't awake. I'm nervous for people who, like, when God starts to move and he's saying, come on, get in pace, and you're like, I'll do that next week. I don't really feel like it. The Holy Spirit's moving over there, but yeah. These need to be alarms like going off in our spirit. Ain't, ain't, ain't. Why aren't you with him? Why aren't you following Jesus? How, if Jesus, why aren't you over there? What, what is keeping you from following him? Whatever it is, you need to cut loose of it. Whatever it is, you need to cut loose from it. There's going to be some obstacles. There's going to be some, some trouble. But he's going to walk along with you. He's going to point him out. He's gone before you. He's going to say, hey, watch out. There's a speed bump over there. There's a landmine. Don't step over there. I know it looks good. That flower looks really pretty, smells good. Don't go over there by it. Come follow me. Yeah, I know there's an off-ramp. There's a rest stop. You don't want to stop at that rest stop. There's all kinds of murderers and, and muggers and stuff over there. You don't want to stop there. Just keep following me. But it looks so good. It sounded so good. It's what I wanted to hear. I'm tired. You think the enemy doesn't know how to talk to you? If the enemy put on high heels and looked like the devil, you wouldn't follow him to bed. Yes, I said that, because that's the one that will make sense to some of you. No, he gets all dolled up. Looks real good. Take a break. Come with me. You can still catch up. Yeah, you deserve it. You've worked hard. Strip off every weight. Strip off everything that would hinder you. You need to strip all those things off and run and see like it's getting close. You know what people I've watched my whole life, I've watched people as they start to wind up, as they start to see the finish line approach, you watch. People start selling off everything, getting rid of stuff. Here, Johnny, would you like this? It's my most prized possession ever. Here, take it. They know I can't take it with me. They know that, that, that is coming close. I'm getting rid of all this stuff. If they're wise, church, let go of it now. He's coming quickly. Those who dwell on the earth, they want nothing to do with God. That's what an earth dweller is. They don't want anything to do with God. They know, they know he's real. They know what he has is so good and it's right and it's true, but they won't let go of the earth. They won't let go of it. Nope, I don't, I don't want anything to do with God. It doesn't matter. You could say, well, I know who he is. Who's your God? Are you in step with him? Do you look like him? Are you maturing? That, that is a maturing process. That is a movement. Are you maturing? Would you bow your heads for a minute? I love you guys. And I believe this is a really, really good church. <laughs> if we're going to stay in step and we're going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, we've got to stay in his step. We've got to stay in that timing. We've got to stay in that rhythm. I just want you to take some time. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Are you in rhythm? Are you in step with him? 
What does he, what does he keep saying to you that and you keep, instead of going forward, you take a step back? Let go of it. Let go of it. Let go of it. Do you know him? Do you know him? Not know of him. Do you know him? Do you know where he is? Or do you have to go find him? I want you to hear me real quick. If you have to go find him, it's okay. Go find him. Go find him. Don't leave here not knowing him. And if you know him, praise God. Stay in step with him. He's coming quickly. Let go. Don't be an earth dweller. This message should do a couple things. You should be super encouraged because he's going to take you out of that tribulation if you're in step with him. That's the most amazing thing. You're going to be in the presence of God forever away from free from sin but if you don't know him if you're not in step with him it will be the worst time ever there was never a day that all the bibles pointed to that day that great day the great tribulation where the restraining agent on the earth will be removed and all the darkness and power of hell will be turned loose on this planet you do not want to be there so I would encourage you, if you don't know Jesus today, lift up your hand and say, I want to know him. And I will lead you to him. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. And he'll lead you there. And you stay in step. You put your hand in his hand. And you don't let go. And you walk with him. And I will promise you, you'll never regret it. And that day, when that day comes, you'll be with him. You won't ever have to worry about it again. But you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to take that step. He's not going to make you. If that's you, just lift your hand up, and I want you to raise your hand and then come up here, and I want to pray with you. I want you to introduce you to him. I want you to know that you know that you've been freed from sin, that you've been forgiven, that all the guilt and shame is left, and you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. That all the sin, all those things that kept you from him no longer will keep you from him. You can go boldly into his presence. Into that throne room of grace. Today's the day. Today's the day. I'm not going to tarry a whole long time. What are you waiting for? Okay. I'm going to read one more passage of scripture and we're going to go. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1 and 2. He says, If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above not on the things of the earth. That's where you need to set your eyes, church. Set your heart. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not this earth, not the things of this earth. Get your eyes off of this earth and get your eyes on him, the author and the finisher of your faith, the perfecter of your faith, the one that would bring you into full maturity and to the fullness, until, until we are complete in the fullness of Christ, in the full measure of Christ. That's a good day. <laughs> the full measure of Jesus. Amen? Amen. If, if the Lord was knocking on the door of your heart, I would highly encourage you to open the door and say, Jesus, come in. And it's not that complicated. You, you, very, you very simply say, God, please forgive me. I know I violated your laws. I'm a sinner. 
please forgive me. I don't want to be like this anymore. I want you to set me free. I'm going to put my faith and my trust in what you did for me on the cross because you paid a debt I could not pay. And I believe if I, if I do put my faith and trust in you, that you will make me whole and new again, a brand new creation. And you will see me as if I've never sinned, completely justified, just as if I never sinned, completely righteous because the blood of the most holy lamb has been applied to your life and you've been forgiven. And you're clean as you'll ever be. And you can walk and stay walking in that place because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen? Amen. Amen. You can be dismissed.